Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tries to throw me under the proverbial bus. Ran herself over. I was building an online training module at work that is intended to teach existing users how to work a new process. It has interactive elements, quizzes, segments to work through a few sample scenarios, etc. Now, we'd recently got a new associate director who, from what I can tell, advanced through the company by throwing other people under the bus. She gets promoted not for her own merits, but because at the end of the day, she's got less mud sticking to her than other applicants. It's uncanny to the point that there simply had to be more to it than stupid office politics. I'll get to that in a bit. So... After I have the first draft of the module done, it gets sent out for the usual round of testing. And there are, of course, a couple of things that need to be corrected. I build the module off the notes the subject matter experts leave me, and a few things inevitably get lost in translation. But this new associate director just rips it to shreds, complaining that it's completely incomprehensible, needs to go into much greater detail, asking questions about nearly every individual mouse click in the sample scenarios, and overall stating that it's impossible to follow. The thing is, this module is intended for our finance department, for people who have a background in finance and have already been trained on how to use our internal software. She is a training services associate director with a teaching background. The module isn't supposed to make sense to a former middle school social studies teacher. It's supposed to make sense to people with finance degrees. So I push back and I try explaining this to her in a million different ways, but she's having none of it. So I have to go back to the subject matter experts with her. 20 pages worth of criticism. And at first they think I'm joking. I had to forward her email before they finally believe me. So, for the next few weeks, we're going over every nuance, including readdressing everything that was covered during their three-week classroom training. How to set up their network drives, how to set up Outlook, including things as nuanced as, if you don't know how to set up your email signature, click here. I mean, really basic, basic stuff that has nothing to do with what the module was originally supposed to teach. But I now had to include it all because our new associate director couldn't find the on switch if you stapled her finger to it. This wastes my time, the subject matter experts time and time spent re-recording all the voice work. If you've done voice work in the past, you know you never get it in one take. Sorry, what? I get it in one take every time, I promise. Anyway, after it's all done, I send it back out for review and approval. And the associate director simply doesn't respond. A week passes. The finance director takes an interest in why this module is almost a month overdue. I go to forward the associate director's email again, except now I can't find it. This is odd, seeing as how I have a hoarding problem when it comes to email. I check with one of the subject matter experts I was working with, and he can't find it either. Turns out, none of us can find it. It's gone. So, I check with a friend of mine in IT, who, after a little detective work, discovers that a week ago, someone did a compliance delete on the exchange server. This basically is a seek and destroy for messages meeting certain criteria. In this case, a specific phrase she used in her email. 
I start digging through Outlook, trying to find particular emails related to this that might be used to defend my actions, and they are all gone. Inbox, sent items, deleted items, every last one of them. Any email containing that particular phrase anywhere in it. This kind of thing is normally used by admins to mass delete spam or phishing emails from all users at once. Except in this case, someone apparently deleted emails that showed evidence of her awful decisions. My friend in IT can smell a juicy story a mile away and was very interested in seeing where this went. She recovered the deleted emails and I promptly saved them to a flash drive. For the next few days, every time I had any email with this associate director's name on it, even unrelated stuff, you never know how something might fit together, I saved a copy to the flash drive. I informed the subject matter experts to do the same, and we started building our offline evidence locker. I didn't want to blow the lid on it just yet. I wanted to see if my suspicions were correct. Maybe a lifetime of watching spy movies and cop dramas had corrupted my thinking. Maybe there was another explanation. Who knows? It could happen. I'm not God. I don't know everything. I'll play defense. So, after several weeks in total, trying to appease this associate director's unquenchable thirst for irrelevant details, and then getting ignored for a week, she finally publishes it and sends it to the finance director to approve so it can go live. Woo! Except the module, which was supposed to be a 30-minute online course, now contained three hours of content and went down several irrelevant rabbit holes that had been deemed critical supporting information. As an analogy, imagine designing a training module to teach a nurse how to enter some new CPT codes and being told you have to teach him how to read too because he might not know what words are. That is how much BS was rammed into this thing. And the finance director, of course, hated it and was surprised that such a rambling mess of a module would come from me, of all people. So, he calls a meeting with me and the associate director on Tuesday to get some answers. And sure enough, she immediately tried to distance herself from it. She tried to paint it as her making a couple of suggestions and me clearly going way overboard. How I must have sent her a different version that she approved and switched them afterwards. That's not even possible. It would get thrown back into a draft status. She kept trying to talk over me as I voiced my defense. And to his credit, the finance director finally just muted her so I could speak. And boy, did I. I explained everything. I shared my screen, popped in my flash drive, and opened my copies of the emails that had supposedly been deleted. Every email exchange where she complained about the material... I pushed back and she flat out ordered me to build the module in the way I did. She abruptly left the meeting and went offline. The finance director asked me if I could send him a copy of all relevant files and as I did so, I told him they might not be there later and then explained what I'd learned about someone in IT using the compliance deletes. He assures me he'll look into it and the poop immediately hit the fan. The associate director never logged back on. There was a massive internal audit where people from her previous departments were asked to provide statements. Leadership tried to keep it hush-hush, but you just can't keep something that big under wraps. I don't know the specific what's and how's, but the associate director and one of the IT managers had both left the company to pursue the next stage of their careers, and we sincerely wish them the best. I don't really do the social media thing, but... Over the next few days, as the rumor mill did what rumor mills do, I heard their poop absolutely blew up and it came out that the associate director and that IT manager were having an affair. 
Now this all went down about a month ago, but as I write this post, I thought to check online court records. Both are now facing divorces followed by their respective spouses. So yeah, there's a void in my direct leadership, in IT's leadership, and the entire IT department is getting a shakedown by information security to determine if there were any other leaks. I spent some time reflecting on why this whole series of events happened, and my best guess is she wanted to make a grand entrance by spearheading this masterwork training module that covered every possible scenario and contained any and all information anyone could possibly want. Then, as she started to realize how wasteful, rambling, and unnecessary it was, she realized that her grand entrance would be a grand faceplant. So instead, she tried to erase the evidence and pin all the nonsense on me to save face, but inadvertently set in motion the event that would expose her little arrangement with the IT manager, taking it up the butt in order to cover her butt, I guess. Guys, you know what's very embarrassing? Realizing that you've made a mistake, but not wanting to admit it and actually instead trying to go back on it and pretend it never happened. Deleting all those old files and emails and who knows, maybe even doing something a little bit naughty with the IT guy in order to get what you want. I mean, who knows? OP doesn't say right. There's no reason to suggest that this horrible woman didn't go into business with the IT guy to get what she wanted, if you know what I mean. I think it's pretty embarrassing though. Like, look, I get it. Trying to do well is one thing and trying to impress people is a good thing, but not to the detriment of other people in that company. How's that ever going to help in the long term? Everyone's just going to hate you. What's the point? And also, can you imagine watching a three hour trading module telling you how to set up Outlook email? These are finance graduates, not idiots. Come on. And now moving on to our second story of pro revenge. You're replaceable. Okay, bye. I work for a company for just under five years. The company I work for existed for an additional 10 years prior to me. While I worked at this company, it ballooned to be the number one provider in the region for its unique service, with about 75% of the markets. It was a small business of about 15 employees. I loved my job, and the skills I learned while working there were quite valuable. I loved my team and the clients we provided services for. My twice yearly reviews with the owner were always 10 out of 10 with no recommendations for improvements. I was exceptional at my job in every way. I handled company operations, HR, payroll, customer service, marketing, employee management, schedules, employee and client training, and many other things at this company. I was also able to step in and do any of my teammates' jobs if they were out sick or on vacation. The owner of the company was giving out a bonus late summer last year, and mine, while being more than previous years, was notably less than my teammates'. I asked the owner, are the bonuses related to performance? And if so, what could I have done to earn more? The owner replied, the bonuses are not performance related. You are just more replaceable than the others. A truly lovely thing to hear from your boss. Oh, okay, I replied. And I proceeded to process each of the bonuses, then went to lunch. I called my spouse to gain wisdom and advice. I was pretty lit, but I didn't want to make a rash decision. My spouse is very intelligent, and while they are not a fortune teller, they have an ability to foresee various responses and all the potential outcomes. 
They are business-wise and have been on the executive team of a large company for the past 21 years, while also serving on several community boards and business advisory boards. We decided together to continue forward with our scheduled vacation and use the time away to calm our minds, relax, have fun, and to also determine the best course of action for me. We were leaving after working one more day, so I worked like all was normal the rest of the day and the following day then left on vacation. While away, we discussed several scenarios, the potential outcomes, consulted with a business advisor and a business attorney. With all the advice I received, I determined that upon return from my vacation, I would resign from my role with a two-week notice. However, in a fit of rage, I was immediately terminated by the owner, which was one of the scenarios we thought would happen, so I was prepared for that poor reaction. During the next couple of weeks, I created and opened a competing business offering similar services. However, I offered more customizable options with higher quality service and results. I knew our clients wanted these options and had proposed said options several times at my old workplace, but I was never greenlighted to implement the changes for no reason other than the owner didn't come up with the idea, so it was a stupid idea. I also maintained communications with a few people from my old team. My old team did not relay the day-to-day happenings at my previous workplace, and I never asked about the company. However, they would vent to me on occasion. I would listen without comments. I knew service, quality, and the work environment in general suffered since my departure. Morale went down, and clients were less satisfied. I also read the Google and Facebook reviews for my old company. Yikes. Additionally, two full-time and one part-time persons were hired to fill my role. And a portion of my responsibilities, like HR and payroll, were filled by outside companies. I quickly built up my business, and within three months, I was able to hire several of my old teammates. They were able to jump in on day one with minimal training, as they were the best employees at my old workplace. The quality of the previous workplace's offerings continued to fall, which sent additional business my way and quickly caused incoming work to be non-existent at my old workplace. My old company went from being the number one provider of unique service in the region to nothing in a matter of months. My previous employer is now searching for gainful employment. I know this because over the weekend, the owner applied for a position at my spouse's company. As a side note, I actually think my spouse's company should bring my previous employer in for an interview. But when they arrive, surprise, I'm the interviewer and all I say is, how replaceable am I now? My spouse, rightfully so, has said no, but it would be fun. I'll give you that OP. So, moral of the story, don't tell your employees they are replaceable because they might create a competing business that is better than yours while taking your best employees and your clients who will leave you with no business to sell. The owner's whole retirement plan was to sell the business and start all over by searching for employment under someone else. Looks like your company was replaceable not me now if there's one thing that i would recommend to every business owner out there every boss out there do not tell your employees oh we don't really need you you're replaceable don't ever do that please what's actually the most embarrassing thing about this whole story is that this guy just did not realize the value that you were providing to the company forget even you going off and creating a rival business and decimating his that actually doesn't really matter that much the fact that they had to employ 
two and a half plus some other people some other freelance people to do your role which was one person doing the role obviously just you is enough to say that you made a massive error like come on three plus people doing the job of one person you let go or fired just because you couldn't give them a competitive bonus that is so stupid and i've seen it before on the subreddit idiotic companies like this one not prioritizing the people who make their company be so successful and then it all turns to rubbish and they're like oh i wonder why that happened maybe because you're an absolute idiot i'm sorry but this bloke just deserved absolutely everything he got there and look, it's brilliant from OP to go and set up a rival business and be so successful. But that is like the icing on the cake. The truly idiotic stuff had already happened. I just don't get it. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Wife cheated. Daughter supported the affair and disrespected me. Cut her off from my will and divorced her ex-wife is in mental hospital now a fellow redditor reached out to me and asked me to post this on this sub i don't know if it's going to be of any help it's been 13 days since i created this account to get it off my chest i lost my dignity my pride my love i'm a naked man who will be walking the walk of shame because of what i did i disowned and destroyed my family this is the only place i'll write this out i don't intend for this to blow out and if it does i'll delete this account i'm 48 now this story started when i was 20 i met a girl who i thought was perfect she was 19 we just clicked had the perfect chemistry we dated for two years before she got pregnant at 21 and we moved in together i was living with my mum that time my father died when i was 15 and mum never remarried She had a consultancy firm where I worked as a receptionist. My late father's business was sold off construction as I was young. I became a father at 23 to a baby girl. She was the most beautiful girl. The bond between me and my girlfriend deepened after this. Two years later, we got married. I then joined a job as a computer programmer and earned a six-figure salary because it was in high demand. Our lives just took off. My wife wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. I agreed, but I also recommended her that she could take up a part-time job to spend her time. Now, things took a turn when I was 29 and she was 28. Her father had a terrible accident that made him immobile from the waist down. If it wasn't bad enough, he was the sole earner. I had a talk with my mum and my mother-in-law, father-in-law and sister-in-law moved in with us. They lived in a rented place and now their sole earner was immobile and finances were obviously then an issue My sister-in-law took up a part-time job as did my wife to support her family During this time I also inherited from my late grandmother's will Which was split in two and was put for a college fund and my insurance by my mother Now I had no issues with it But my wife wanted to buy a house with it so that we could move out from here I had no problem, but she specifically wanted to buy a house in her mother's name with my inheritance and both the sisters would then work to pay off my inheritance. This became the issue. So we had this distance between us because I found her proposal weird. Now, two years passed by and my mother suffers a stroke as she had several clots and the doctors needed to do surgery urgently and fast. 
It was successful, but my wife wanted my mum to stay at hospital rather than come home because it would be difficult to have two patients at home at once. I told her I agree, but I'm going to hire a nurse. She denied. She wanted me to hire two nurses to take care of my father-in-law and mum or none. I told her that she's going to have to pay for her father's expense because I was already handling bills, groceries, taxes, our daughter's private school, and now this nurse. I'm not going to be able to pay for her father's nurse too. They should be able to afford it because both her sister and her make a combined of nearly 60k a year, which was probably more than enough given that they lived and ate for free. My relationship with our daughter soured a bit at this time. She began disrespecting me and was mean to me openly. I thought she was just having child issues. She was eight at the time. My mother had a speedy recovery and she voiced her opinions that she wants to sell her consultancy firm and put the money in my name. My wife had an argument right there and then because she wanted her to give it to our daughter and my wife as I'd already got on my share of inheritance from my grandmother. What surprised me even more was that her mum and dad were quiet about it. My mum reminded her that it was her money and that she doesn't mind giving her inheritance as insurance plans, but nope. My wife had problems with me because you see, we don't have a joint account. She can't access my accounts, neither can I to hers. She wants a joint account. We had an argument and it was decided that my mum will give all the money to me and that was the end of it. So a few months passed like this, but then unfortunately my father-in-law passes away. It was harsh, especially to my wife. Now I tried to console her every way I could. I handled both the household and the workload all by myself. Not bragging here, I just did. I tried to do everything I could, but it still wasn't enough for her. The funeral was my responsibility. It went well, but she'd still complain about how I could have done better. She began to sleep in a separate room with our daughter, who was nine years old now. I convinced her to attend therapy and things settled down. We were intimate again. We reconnected in a better and stronger way, but I sensed then that something was off with our daughter. She would shut me down every time I wanted to talk to her. It hurts seeing her like this. Two years passed by as I tried to build a better bond with our daughter. This time around, my mother passes away. She had another stroke and sadly couldn't survive. I was devastated by her loss. You see, she raised me all by herself for the majority of my life because my father was busy. It was also the reason I wanted our daughter to have a better relationship with both of us and I was giving her a tremendous amount of effort to achieve that. I then went into depression but no response from my wife. My daughter didn't even attend my mum's funeral and I was saddened by that. Two months after my mum's death, my mother-in-law asked me maybe I should move out from my own mother's house because I was overly depressed and I should get over it. I'm also ruining the atmosphere and it will lighten me up. I calmly told her, I want to remind you of your husband's passing. You and both of your daughters were in grief for six to seven months. We never asked you to move out. And how dare you even ask me to move out from my own house? She was taken aback and went fully quiet. I talked to my wife regarding this, but she didn't even give me any response. I guess maybe two days later, this incident happened. I was grabbing something from the fridge and I noticed my daughter's phone. A text came that read something like, It's good that the old witch is gone now. You can have the house to yourselves. We can have a party on your birthday. Excuse me, what? My daughter was 11 at the time and what old witch? I read the convo and yes, indeed, she was referring to my mother. 
She called me an ape, controlling, even though I never denied her anything except for things that I deemed were useless for her. She wanted a pony at six, a koala at nine, a panda and her own car at 11. Like who does that? I called my wife and showed her these. Her response was to be angry at me for trying to look at our daughter's phone. We had an argument about it before she stormed off. She again began to sleep in a separate bed. I tried to make amends, but she shut me down. It took me to agree to our daughter's birthday party to get her to talk to me. Three years passed by. So for a quick review, my daughter is 15, I'm 38, and my wife is 37 at this point. I had to go to another city for a summit for four months. I landed up in another job that provided me with tons of opportunities and even better pay. Now, when I return, my wife's entire demeanor has changed around me. She quit her job. She'd hang out more with friends, which I supported, dressed up in more expensive and posh clothes. You get the idea. I thought it was a change of habit and I was fine with it. But our daughter openly disrespected me, was mean right to my face, and I just kept trying and trying not to freak out. My mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and my wife were telling me it was just hormones and that she's just a kid. Now, I stayed upset, but yeah, I trusted them. Now, things in the bedroom skyrocketed at this time between me and my wife. She'd want me to go down on her. I loved that. Try out new positions, be kinky. I enjoyed every bit of it. Except for one day, she wanted to try the kink of me being caged, as in like chastity caged. I shut her down immediately. We argued over this for a week before she got frustrated and dropped the topic and our sex life dwindled here Things go worse from here. My wife suddenly wants to go on a girl's trip with her sister-in-law and our daughter I had no issues as it'll be great. I had to pay a nice sum for it, but it was okay She didn't call me for three days. She had chats with her mum, but I only had a little bit of chit chat with her It was odd for me. I asked her about this when she returned and she told me she was just tired I asked to see her photos. I saw a lot of friends both male and female and it sent me into alert But she assured me it was just her friends and a few male friends. I saw nothing suspicious. So I was okay Two months later was our daughter's birthday and I wanted to plan something for her My wife asked not to as she would celebrate it with a girl's nights I was taken aback and voiced my opinion who the f takes their daughter to a girl's nights she told me it wasn't like that but rather her friends and their daughters only no alcohol involved so i was fine with it my birthday was around the corner after this event keep in mind our sex life is bland now it's once a week i tried to initiate more but she would always come up with excuses i never celebrated my birthdays after my mum passed away but each year my wife gives me a gift so i kind of expected this But on my birthday, my wife tells me she has to go shopping with our daughter. She goes out for six hours, no calls, no texts, and then no gifts. When I ask about it, she tells me one of her friends got into an accident and she stayed there and couldn't receive my calls. Two weeks after this, my wife was showing me some pictures from our daughter's girls camp and our daughter called her saying that she needed her. So she handed me her phone and went out of the room. A text came telling our daughter... Hey, my dear daughter, I'm sorry for this late reply. I'm the lucky one to be your mum's boyfriend. Tell your mum I love her and kiss her for me. I'll text you soon. It took me a whole freaking minute to read the text over and over again, and I still couldn't believe it myself. I scroll up to see my daughter had texted this person. I'm glad your mum's boyfriend. I really wish you were my dad. XO. What? 
I go to the toilet, lock the door, and read the whole conversation. All things noted, this guy is having an affair with my wife, and our daughter knows. This guy is having an affair, and our daughter knows. What in the freaking world? I saw pictures of vacations, girls' trips, our daughter's birthday. They freaking went to a candlelit dinner as a family. This guy was kissing my wife right in front of our daughter and my daughter was pointing at them like it was some sort of a good romantic thing. What's more, my sister-in-law freaking knew. The more I scrolled, the more my heart sank. It was this guy who gave my wife the idea about chastity. It seemed to me that my daughter and wife were both texting about this. What's more, this account wasn't even her real. It was a different username, but this guy knew everything about my family. Even on my birthday, my wife and daughter were with this guy at his house. What the F? He was then over at my house, sleeping on my bed while I was gone for four months. And even worse, it has been going on for four years. Four freaking years. I heard a loud bang on the toilet door. It was our daughter. I just came out and stared at her. This was the first time I'd ever stared at my daughter like this. The same daughter that I looked at with pride, love, and respect just sank to indifference and disappointment. I wasn't even angry. She was red and crying. She didn't know what to say. My wife was there, as was my sister-in-law and mother-in-law. I just asked my mother-in-law if she knew what her daughter did. My wife responded, We can talk. I don't know what came over me. I yelled out, just shut the F up or I'll strangle you right now. So loud that even our neighbors might have woken up. I questioned my mother-in-law again and she nodded. She freaking nodded. I looked at my daughter and I told her, I'm sorry, I couldn't be a better father, but I'll do this one thing for her and divorce her mother. I called my wife her mother for the first time while addressing her so that this guy can be her father whom she so clearly and dearly wants. I looked at my wife and told her she has nine days, months end, to pack up and leave with her family. I'll hand over the divorce papers. But for now, move out. She kept crying, but my yelling and response might have taken her off guard. She knew I wasn't in a mood to argue or talk. I gave up. It's over. That was that. I couldn't sleep the whole night. I just stared at the wall and my phone looking at our family photos. In the morning, I tell my wife not to cook for me because I don't trust her. She might poison me. Not gonna lie, she broke down and I felt I was out of line with this and I was going to file for divorce today. She tried to talk, but I had none of it. My mother-in-law asked me to wait and listen to her before making my decision. I had a friend who's a lawyer. I meet him and lay all my cards on the table. He just tells me this. I've been a lawyer for 12 years, he's 41, and I haven't seen a case as infuriating and saddening as yours. He hugged me. He told me his uncle is the family judge who probably will be handling my case. But before that, I need proof and loads of it. He gave me a number of someone who happens to be a PI and I hired him. He went through my daughter's phone, nothing. Talked to my wife, she told me sorry over and over again, but no remorse. My daughter, sister-in-law, and mother-in-law didn't come anywhere near me. My daughter even went to the point of being afraid of me so much that she lived for two days at her friend's house. Her friend's father called me and I had to inform him of the entire situation. He said he's sorry. It was hard for him to believe what my daughter did, as it should be. No man could ever dream of being betrayed like this by their own children. 
The PI found the guy and it turns out he's an idiot a coward from the countryside who fears commitment is a small-time thief and used to work at the same place as my wife I hit his place with my lawyer PI and another of my friends who happens to be police We got him cornered on falsified claims and he spilt the beans It turns out that he was attracted towards my wife and accepted a challenge from his co-worker that he'll have her in his bed It soon turned to love He was actually in love with my wife. It turns out it was him who had called me my mum's witch. It was a separate caller ID and he was just friends with my daughter before my wife dropped the news that she was having an affair with this guy. He was even ready to provide a written statement, video of him confessing, any photos, and even a witness for exchange of promise that word of this won't reach his office or his sickly mum, who is 60 plus with a heart disease in the countryside and a few thousand bucks i agreed my wife moved out with her family she took a few more thousand from me to pay lease divorce hearing i lay all my cards on the table all the screenshots every video of her boyfriend confessing all the lies receipts and even photos of them holding hands and kissing the look on her face soured she told me that i was abusive but this claim was easily dismissed as there was no proof and if i was abusive why would i allow her to do a job and keep her family at my house she had nothing to prove and even her lawyers were taken aback by the amount of proof that we had she conceded at the end and told me she's incredibly sorry for what she did and that she'll do anything to make up for it even if it needed the rest of her life to do so the judge said that i'll have to pay spousal support to her for four years There was no custody battle as our daughter was already 17 at the time she of course wished to stay with her mother i had no problem with that i'll come to this later and my wife would receive half of my house and her car but nothing except that i offered to buy her share of the house i got a hefty sum left by my mother remember another reason was the house market would go up in future and i'll make a profit from that now here i requested one thing from the judge I wanted to have my name removed from my daughter's birth certificate. This, of course, was not possible. Then, if I couldn't, I would disown our daughter. The look on my wife's face was just the best thing. Her face turned white. She responded, how could you? I reminded her that she put me through this. My daughter yelled, dad, you can't do this, right in the courtroom, but I ignored her. The judge was a good man and understood my sentiments. However, he advised me to forgive. There's no way I can disown her legally, but I can cut her off from my will. That was that. It took me eight months to get the divorce finalized and I couldn't be happier. When I got out, I hugged my lawyer. He saved me. My ex-wife and my ex-daughter came up. My wife told me she knows she doesn't even have the face to ask for forgiveness, but if I can find it in my heart, please forgive her. I replied, I don't have a heart. She ripped it out. My daughter said she's sorry for what she did. She will be the best daughter and ask for another chance. This girl had the audacity to call me dad. I reminded her I wasn't her dad. I'm an ape if she remembers and that her dad is the one that she actually wanted. She should be happy that her mother is single now. She chased me, but I left. On our way back, I asked my lawyer if I could let the company my ex-wife works at know what my ex-wife has been up to these years. He advised me to get an RO first. With the help of my police friend and judge, I was able to get one, I had to spend money, that went nuclear. Made five copies of evidence. One for the company, one to be sent to my ex-wife's boyfriend's sickly mum, 
I don't care. He didn't respect my home and my mum. I can't respect his. One with my lawyer and I burnt one. The last copy I left in my locker. The fallout was quite the show. They were fired. My ex-sister-in-law had the guts to call me out. She told me that she'd known me as a brave, upstanding, loyal, strong character and a humble man. But she never thought I'd ruin her sister's career like this. She yelled at me for getting her sister fired. I chuckled and reminded her that it was her who supported the affair. Now, yes, I might be a coward for doing this, but what did that make her as a homewrecker? I asked her why she was so mad. Is there a possibility that she spread her legs for her sister's boyfriend too? She was sickened and blocked me. My mother-in-law reached out. Now, I've forgotten about this woman and she apologized for what happened. She couldn't raise her daughters well, but I called her out. I told her she was a horrible and greedy woman. I wouldn't give a darn if she dies and that she should be thankful for having a person like me as her son-in-law in this life before blocking her. As for the boyfriend, his mother had a heart attack and passed away. It turns out his mother always hated infidelity because her son had daddy issues. Their dad left him before he was born. I felt sad, but therapy made me realize that I shouldn't. It's human nature. I didn't know any of this before. He nuked my marriage and family, and I replied the favor. As for my daughter, she kept reaching out, apologizing for every word. I blocked her, but she won't stop reaching out to me. I had to change my number. I sold my house eight months after the divorce was finalized and got a hefty sum. I moved to a different city. I started afresh. I attended therapy, the gym. I got a better paying job. I got into boxing. I bought a house, invested in cryptos and stocks, made a fortune, got into the dating market when I turned 42, met and remarried again at 44. Now I've got a better wife who is amazing in every way. She knows the value of relationships because she herself faced the same situation as me. No kids though. Now I've got a four-year-old son with her and I couldn't be any happier. I executed my will that excluded my daughter so she won't be getting anything from me. I don't know how, but my daughter was able to reach out to me just two weeks ago. She sent eight long paragraphs detailing how sorry she is. She's been in crippling depression, therapy, working hard. I got a call then from my lawyer, which surprised me even more. My daughter turned up to the lawyer's office with 20K. I don't know where she got this from. Making a request that she'll work hard and return every last penny I spent on her. She'll keep apologizing for the rest of her life, but she wants me in it. She can't stay like this anymore. It's eating her alive. I don't know much about what happened, but as I heard, her mother, my ex-wife, turned depressive and had to be admitted into a mental hospital. Her sister moved in with an alcoholic abuser and is pregnant with her second kid. My ex-mother-in-law passed away. She had an accident, lost a lot of blood, and if she survived, would have ended up like her late husband. So now my ex-daughter is living alone, working at a part-time job because she couldn't finish her education. She borrowed some money from friends, I also heard nearly all of her friends cut her off after I had a talk with her friend's dad. Everyone called her toxic and moved on. I'm not gonna lie, hearing all of this shattered my heart. My wife is pushing me to build a bridge with my ex-daughter, saying that she clearly now realizes her mistakes and she needs me now more than ever. If I don't help her now, she won't get up and will keep on falling endlessly. I don't know how to feel. When you're a father, a lot of responsibilities lie on your shoulders that you can't simply outrun. I gave my daughter the world and she stabbed me. 
I was hurt and angry, but more, my pride was shattered. My love was shattered. My decision to cut off my daughter was the toughest one, but I still made that decision. I don't know if I should contact my ex-daughter now. My lawyer has said that I should because it's the right thing to do. I need to let it go for myself. It's funny how life can change in an instant. Now, honestly, guys, I don't even know where to begin with this story. Such a sad tale. So much happened over such a long period of time. I don't really think it's worth going back and rehashing all of it. So I think instead, we'll jump to the here and now. Guys, comment down below. What should OP do about his daughter? Now, look, obviously, loads has happened. And I don't think it's worth OP going back through all of it. And, you know, trying to think about everything that's gone on and make decisions based on that. Ultimately, it's time for him now to make a decision on his future and whether or not that includes his daughter. Guys, first of all do get your comments in i want to hear what you think should op take his daughter back have her back in his life or not it's an interesting one me personally i think he should i think there's a very high chance that from a very early age clearly she was coerced into just hating her dad now look that doesn't excuse the things that she did ultimately she knew about her own mum cheating on her dad for four years yeah it's pretty shameful but then if you look at it from the other perspective her mum was almost definitely and probably her mum's boyfriend too was saying don't say your dad's a horrible person you know making her not want to talk to him and be so rude to him there's no reason why a normal daughter would just be rude to their dad it seemed like they got on well before all this happened right so it must have come from somewhere and i think it's very likely that the mum was heavily involved in trying to persuade and, and push that kind of point of view onto her own daughter maybe even in many ways justifying her own affair because oh my daughter hates this guy too fine let's continue this affair with a new guy who my daughter likes i think at such an early age it's probably likely that, uh, yeah, she wasn't thinking for herself. And now it's so clear that she feels so bad about how she acted, what's happened, etc., etc. And I genuinely do think that she is remorseful and wants to have you back in her life for no reason other than just she feels bad. I don't think it's for any sort of other reason, some malicious reason apart from that. I mean, the fact that she's even willing to pay you back all the money that you spent on her in her childhood suggests that to me. It's not for a financial reason. Look, obviously it's hard to know without being OP himself. But in this situation... I don't know. I think I'd lean towards giving the daughter a chance, given that she was probably manipulated for so long and was very young while this was all going on and is clearly very remorseful now. But hey, guys, comment down below. Do you agree or disagree with me? It's one of those, isn't it? It's very contentious. So much happened. So much stuff that, you know, OP will never probably recover from despite therapy. Does he want to go back to a little bit of that life? I don't know. But it is his daughter after all. Let me know. What do you think? An interesting one. And there we go. Wow. Save the best till last. If I do say so myself, that final story was just unbelievable. I really do hope you enjoyed this extended episode of r slash pro revenge. And if you somehow, even after all of that, want even more from me, I've chucked a few other revenge movies up on screen. And they're also down below in the description. With that all being said, leave a like on the video, you beautiful people. And I'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new one. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.